I would like someone to explain to me what is the fucking point of a wireless keyboard. What is the point? So that your desk looks tidy in photos on Instagram. <laughs> what? Is that the only reason you can think of? This is why they invented Bluetooth. All my wireless keyboard does is give me absolute pain and stress. It just goes, I'm not connected, not connected, connecting. It sat next to my machine. Like, how is it not connected? Then, then the low battery notifications begin and they never end. Um, what if you charge the battery? You can't charge the battery. It takes, it's not rechargeable. Oh, have you got one of the old school ones? I've had this keyboard for 12 years. Yeah. Well, there's your problem. Basically, this is like my oldest freelance friend, this keyboard. I just can't bear to get rid of it, even though I absolutely hate it. I mean, that is friendship, really, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I used to have one of those and it used to drive me nuts. And you've got that shitty little button on the end that you press and the little Mm -hmm. light. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I feel your pain. But it does make me laugh. Like, it's this really expensive bit of kit. But in order to take mm-hmm. the batteries out, you have to get a, a teaspoon <laughs> yes. or, or a butter knife. <laughs> a butter knife. Yes. Yes. I've got a, um, a plastic ruler. Right. <laughs> Hello. You're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello! Yes, each episode we take a question from the Doing It For The Kids community, do our best to answer it, but of course we start each episode by looking back at the last one, last time we were talking about... We were talking about promoting yourself when you're speaking for free at an event or not speaking for free oh yes well Lorraine Adbawale got in touch Lorraine says when you're sharing your story make sure you discuss key points that your market will identify with for example any resistance that they may feel about your service slash industry or anything that might stop them from taking action on the things you're saying after the event make sure you have one key resource e.g. a podcast that is super powerful and then direct them to that it is imperative. Good use of the word imperative. I know, right? You seed- <laughs> I think that's one of the biggest words we've had in the comments on this, on this podcast. <laughs> it is imperative that you seed this idea from the beginning. Think of some things that back up what you're saying that align naturally with this resource. For example, one of the things that comes up a lot on the podcast is how confidence comes from competence, etc., etc. Steve Morgan of the book Anti-Cell Steve says, one thing Detective Agnes could do post-event is to create a blog post about it, including some pictures, more information on what the talk was about, video and audio, slides, additional resources, etc, etc. And in case you missed it type page that people can go back to afterwards. Also, if when you pitch to speak at other events, you can pass on that post saying, here's an example of a talk I gave about imposter syndrome in front of 150 female leaders. You could also consider creating a speaking page, which contains a list of all your old speaking gigs, linking off to posts about them if you do a post for each one, and letting people know what you've got coming up. Hopefully, though, you'll get work simply off the back of the speaking gig itself. I gave a talk once to less than 50 people and had about half a dozen inquiries in the following 24 hours from people who'd been there. Interesting, yes, because... Uh, let's not forget that it's not necessarily about how many people are in the room, but whether those mm. people are the right people in the room. Are your right customer? Mm. Yeah. Hannah Pearson. Hannah says, such an interesting question. I co-host a podcast and there is a massive difference between the men and women who we interview. The men, I find, tend to include what they do a lot more. For example, <clears throat> when I work with my clients in XYZ industry, I've found this. As I told BBC News a few weeks ago, dot, dot, dot. I actually wrote a white paper on this same topic, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) It's quite a neat way of doing it if it's not too much. But if done repeatedly, it can come across as overkill. 
big yes to including your contacts on the slides at the bottom. People also screenshot these. And at the end on the last slide too. And yes to making the most of it afterwards. I'm terrible at doing this, but repurpose your talk if you can. Share pics of you speaking, etc. This will help add to the authority you're building with your audience. Good points. We didn't talk about repurposing, actually, did we? No, we didn't. Very good point. Good work, team. Good work. It's been a couple of weeks. How are you? A lot has happened in the last couple of weeks. I've actually got shit to talk about. <laughs> Crikey. But today is quite momentous. It's a Monday. We're recording this on a Monday. And uh, Rob has gone back to the office in London for the first time in, what, over 18 months? <gasps> One of the things they have to do when they go back into the office for the first time is clear out their locker. Why? Everyone's like moved floors and stuff. So people need to move their gear around and people need to also dispose of things that have been left in lockers. And he's left his, essentially his PE kit, his gym <gasps> kit has been in his locker for 18 months. So he's a bit concerned about what that's going to look like. Oh my God. And smell like. So... Is he only gone in to empty his locker? No, he's now going in one day a week. Oh, one day a week. And today is that day. Oh, that's all right. So you get a day of having the house to yourself again. That's nice. Right. There's nobody here. Yeah. There's nobody. That's so nice. And he's not like sat next to me doing corporate speak for like eight hours. <laughs> yeah, so like I'm on my own, which is great, but also I've got to do pick up twice and like, you know, I can't, I'm quite used to sharing yeah. the kiddie stuff yeah. more. So that's kind of annoying. And the other news is I went on this like weekend away with 15 women in a massive house. But wow. then I, there's not a lot to say about that, really. Uh, other than the fact that it was? it was, it, Well, it was amazing. It was great. That is so cool. I mean, that's quite hardcore. I mean, that's like a hen party without the marriage. Yeah. <laughs> that house, I saw that house. You sent me some pictures of it. It looked like something from Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. It's creepy as fuck. It, it, it looked like a film set. The first night, like, we didn't really sleep. There were at least three women I spoke to the next morning who were like, yep, I was fully under the duvet, looking at my phone, looking at pretty pictures of my kids until I fell asleep because the house was so terrifying. <laughs> there was a room which it actually had an organ, like a church organ type organ. There was a, basically an extension room that was built onto the side of the house just for an organ. That's insane. So creepy. There was no heating in that room either. In the evening, you'd like open the door, but the door was really creaky and we wouldn't quite move. You had to really, you had to really pull the door against its will. And you go inside and there's like, it's freezing. You can see your own breath. And then it had a light and you think you turn it on. It's like, oh, it's one of those like energy saving ones that will come on properly in a minute. No, it's just this really dim little yellow light wow. dangling in a like bare window with no curtains next to the organ. With a, there was a clown toy in a really oh, big wooden doll's no. house. <laughs> God. Stuff of nightmares. Okay, so episode 75 got a question from. It's not anonymous, this is an actual person. Sarah Randall. SarahRandallConsulting.com. Sarah asks How on earth does anyone get any rest? Like real restful rest. I feel like for the past 18 months, I've been waiting for a break, but it never comes. I need to find a way to make it happen. The flipping pandemic means that I have way less support from family, increased work pressures. My husband also runs his own business that's been pretty much smashed to smithereens by the pandemic. We have a two-year-old and a four-year-old and are expecting a third, so we knew it was always going to be a tricky year. But I'll be interested in hearing thoughts on how not to burn out. 
all the normal business slash well-being blogs advocate stuff I used to do pre-kids, e.g. meditate, get up early to go for a walk, sport, but now there is just no freaking time. Obviously, this is a phase of life and the pandemic won't be quite so intense forever, but it feels like the marathon is far from over and they've forgotten to provide the orange slices and jelly babies at the side of the road. How the heck do others do it? Can someone please throw me a jelly baby? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> uh, we need to get Sarah's address and send us some jelly babies. I need to do some Foley uh, training because that was not a great sound effect. <laughs> Apologies. Oh, my God. I can really relate. I mean, I know we all can, right? But there's a bit of Sarah's message where she says about um, all the business wellbeing blogs talking about meditating and getting up early. And I remember when our kids were really little, like yours are now, Sarah, trying to meditate because I'd read that. The funny thing is, right, I'm not a particularly stressed type person, quite chilled, really, mm -hmm. kind of quite happy to go with the flow. The first time in my life I really felt stressed was when I tried to meditate around children. <laughs> I would get so annoyed that they would interrupt me to put on another Peppa Pig while my meditation was still going. Even if I just picked a 10 minute one, couldn't possibly get mm. through that. Oh my gosh, it annoyed me so much. I mean, yeah, I don't want to be down on meditation. My mum is li literally a yoga teacher. I've grown up meditating. There are huge benefits to meditation, for sure. But yeah. Stuff like that, where you get advice about doing things that just are not possible for your life right now is so frustrating. And that's literally why, literally, why doing it for the kids exists. Because I had these babies and I was talking to all these people and listening to podcasts and reading books and blog posts about how to run a business. And I basically read all of them and wanted to scream. What the fuck? Like, how am I supposed to do any of this if you've got kids? Yeah. So I would avoid any as she puts it in quotation marks, normal business content mm. at this point. If you're reading or consuming that stuff and it's telling you to do things and it makes you ragey. Like that was my response. It just made me ragey. I was just like, I can't fucking do that. Don't tell me to do that. <laughs> That's just not possible. Yeah, like try and like avoid that stuff because it's gonna, that all feeds into your exhaustion, feeling like you should be doing X, Y, and Z when it's just not possible at this phase in your life like just makes you emotionally exhausted it feels to me that sarah needs to boil down her life okay so like what are the things she has to do on the money front and then beyond that i would literally prioritize rest fuck everything else fuck the pile of clothes that are day fuck the dishes how many times i'm gonna say fuck don't know <laughs> like at the moment i'm not as deep in it as you are right now, Sarah, but I'm not on top of my life in the way I would like to be. And every time I go for a wee at the moment, I just see other people's poo in my toilet bowl and it's <laughs> pissing me off. But also, but also, <laughs> Steve's now losing it. Oh my God. It's true. Do you know what? I have, uh, the other day I brought our son in and I went, dude, if you've done something brown, turn around and just look down. After all, what's the rush? Grab yourself a toilet brush. And he looked at me and said, did you just make that up? I went, yeah. And he went, really good. Grab the toilet brush, grab the way. 
Done. You need to go into children's TV. That's amazing. But my point is, my toilet is dirty. And normally, in a week where I might feel more on top of it, I would be on that like really quickly. But at the moment, I am prioritising rest. I would rather sit down on the sofa when the kids are at school and they're not here than clean my toilet. I would rather go to bed at 9.30 than clean my toilet. And it upsets me that every time I go for a wee, I'm seeing other people's excrement. But you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I very much agree. You know, I want to move away from the visual of the excrement. So often... As well, like, you know, like when it comes towards bedtime or whatever, or going to bed, you can end up scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on Instagram for it. And then like 15 minutes later, you can think, what the frick have I done? I could have been in bed asleep. 15 minutes, about an hour. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Do you see that it's such an utter waste of time? But I also know I do that because there are so few hours in my day for myself where I can not be doing something for somebody else whether that's a client or my partner or my kids so in that window of time where my children are asleep before the small one wakes up and before I go to bed (laughs) yeah I'm consuming pointless shit because it makes me feel like I'm doing something for my oh my god my voice is breaking I'm not going to cry I've just got something in my throat um yeah I'm doing something on my own terms yeah you know and then that that can that 10 minutes quickly can become an hour because there's no other time in my day where i'm not caring for somebody so yes i prioritize rest prioritize sleep but i get why we fall into that trap of when we do have the opportunities to sleep not doing it yeah she's saying family support has dropped off for whatever reason i think partly to do with the pandemic not sure um, but can Sarah ask for help from other people? Are there other people in her life who can help her make time for that rest? Yeah. And it, maybe it's a while since we've said it, but, you know, that thing of finding other parents or self-employed parents where you can um, swap kids. As in, if you've got a two and a four-year-old, if you take another two and a four-year-old into your house, in almost isn't that much hard work because they play together hopefully mm-hmm. um but like it's it's not that much more intense for those three hours where they're in your house playing together yes right and then you swap you do like a hostage exchange <laughs> and hand all four over to that other parent and they have them in the afternoon and then you have a bit of time to yourself i remember doing things like that when we had younger kids like we we did yeah. we don't have any family around to help out but I remember really valuing those relationships which I'd made where we could do that, where I'd spotted it and I'd suggested it and where it worked. I think a lot of it is all, um, I mean, a lot of advice in life in general is all relative, isn't it? So what restful, real restful rest looks like to you is going to be very different to somebody else. Mm. You need to sort of become okay, I think, with what it is like for you. Just as we can be sort of jealous of somebody else's life on Instagram or wherever, or just in real life, um, seemingly what they have. It can be like that with the amount of rest that they seem to get or the mm. amount of work that they get done. And it's it's not helpful. And so I think you need to figure out what 
what that is for you and therefore not beat yourself up when you don't feel like you're getting it. Rest is different to different people, like you just said. But also, what does rest look like at this phase in your life? Because comparing rest to even your own, like what rest Mm. looked like in your own life five years ago is going to be damaging for you. (laughs) Maybe you need to think about what rest looks like now and try and aim for that. Because when my children were, it wouldn't have been two and four, they would have been three and one or two Mm. and five. I didn't have a lot of childcare. I had one and a half days a week or something like that. And I worked three or four nights a week on client work because I had no other time in the week to do that. So my definition of rest at that stage in my life would have been going to bed at 11 rather than one. (laughs) Like that's a realistic goal for you. And that sounds mad to people who aren't in it. But like that is a positive change. This feels like a more philosophical over a pint episode (laughs) rather than the last one which was like super helpful and full of actionable points but ultimately what we seem to keep coming back to is prioritizing rest whatever that may be cutting yourself some slack you know at the end you say how the heck do others do it do others do it (laughs) i don't know many other parents at that phase running their own businesses who are rested unless they've got serious cash and a lot of like nanny support or a lot of grandparent support. Otherwise, they're fucking knackered like you are. <laughs> and I think we've talked about this in many, many episodes of this podcast for obvious reasons. But Steve is now in a very different phase of life with his kids than you are. I'm already kind of on the cusp of moving out of that phase that you're in, Sarah. So like, how the heck do others do it? Don't compare yourself to people in different points of that journey. Because, yeah, that's going to destroy you. That's going to destroy you. I would ask yourself, are others doing it? Or is that just a fallacy? Yeah. (laughs) Now we are getting philosophical, see? See? What is rest? What is life? Sarah, I, I mean, I I feel your pain. I feel exhausted after this episode. (laughs) Listen, if you've got some thoughts for Sarah, because I know we all feel this way, then if you think you've got something helpful to add, please do leave a comment wherever Frankie posts about this online. Go find it. It is episode 75. Leave a comment there. Or, of course, you can DM Frankie as well. If you need it to be anonymous for whatever reason your comment, it can be. Uh, We will read them out next time around when we will also need a question. So similar method. Get in touch and um, let us know what you would like answered. If you're new around here, you might not know that Steve has his own podcast where he interviews freelancers who have kids and who don't have kids. Actually, yes, this week's episode, she does have kids. It is Claire Gallagher. She's from Ireland, now lives in France. When she started her family in France, that was the moment, like many of us, where she went freelance, uh, full time, that is. And yes, such a good episode. She, She went freelance so she could be there for her kids and yet finds herself working at two in the morning with her family asleep around her and thinks, what the hell am I doing? And then how she gets out of that. Wow, that sounds like a great episode to listen after listening to this one. <laughs> it's, she's brilliant. It's a really good episode. Search for Being Freelance wherever you got this podcast or go to beingfreelance.com. All right, we done? I mean, we've talked for two hours, yeah. so we should be done. I need a rest. Yeah. Hooray, <laughs> hooray. Sorry. What was that? A ghost from the haunted house?
Um, we've talked about this in a lot of previous episodes, but like, I really feel that Sarah just needs to boil her life down into the little <laughs> soup, crystally remnants in the bottom of the pan. Like, if if you were to take a cold cup of tea and leave it in the microwave for like eight minutes too long. <laughs> Steve's looking at me really. I'm, go, I'm trying to go with the metaphor. Go on. What would be the like little crusty bits in the bottom of the mug that you can't get rid of? The things that you really, really, really have to do. The things that. <laughs> oh my god, this metaphor. So, what are Sarah's crusty bits? What are Sarah's crusty bits exactly? If you if you took away all the water <laughs> and there was just a, <laughs> what make. I just don't Makes get the tea metaphor. Tea. No, it's a shit metaphor. Especially because it sounds like the worst cup of tea ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, scratch all of that. 